Welcome to the first episode of Scaling with Data, where I speak with leaders in business and private equity to learn the not-so-obvious details about how they scale their business. My name is Sean Steigerwald, co-founder at Malartu.co, and today I'm speaking with Josh Heymond. Josh is a partner at Vaco, working specifically in the accounting and finance practice. Vaco is a fast-growing expert consulting, permanent placement, executive search, and strategic staffing firm owned by Olympus Partners. I've known Josh for a few years now, and I have had the pleasure of following along as he and his partners have nearly doubled the size of their local office over the last few years. We have been able to uh, to double revenues during the, the four and a half years that I've been here, uh, which has been exciting to be a part of that. Um, we did just recently get acquired by a second PE firm. Uh, so we got bought three years ago by our first PE firm who bought out our original investors. Uh, and they quickly, within two years, uh, were able to, to double the size of the company uh, from about 250 million to 500 million in national revenues. Uh, and now the, uh, the new private equity group, Olympus Partners out of Connecticut, uh, is excited to, to, to try to chase us to a billion. So uh, it should be a, a really exciting ride. Uh, we're opening up new offices, we're opening up new service lines, uh, acquiring established businesses, uh, have, have opened up some offshoring. Uh, into India and into the UK to help support our global companies. Uh, so it should be a, a very fun ride, and I'm happy to be a part of it. Now, what you'll hear in this episode is a testament to Paul Graham's Do Things That Don't Scale. Josh's unique approach to growing Vaco revolves around developing deep, interpersonal relationships, something that can be difficult to do in a fast-growing business. He leverages technology and systems to empower his team to grow while maintaining close relationships with his clients as people, not as prospects. We have been able to, uh, to double revenues during the, the four and a half years that I've been here. It's very much a, a listen, ask questions, let them do the talking. We get 10 searches. We damn sure better be filling seven of those. In sales, in service-based businesses, you know, you've got to be yourself. Welcome to Scaling with Data. I'm Sean Steigerwald, co-founder at Malartu.co and your host for today. I like to start these conversations at the beginning, both to understand how leaders like Josh navigate finding their first customers, but also what experiences mold them into the managers and leaders they are today. In the first days at Vaco, Josh learned a valuable lesson on outreach. Like most of us, he thought the proverbial smile and dial tactic would yield his first new accounts. Well, that didn't work so well. Frankly, I, I made about one month of cold calls with, uh, with zero, not zero traction, but zero callbacks. Uh, so by default, zero traction. Um, and told myself after that, that first month, I was not going to be doing cold calling again. Uh, and really... I've not done cold calling since. I think the reality is we've got a lot of competition in similar spaces to what we do. And uh, I quickly found out that through those relationships that I trusted that, you know, they're getting cold calls every day from my competitors and they're just, you know, delete, 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 uh, not paying it any mind. And, and I could hear in their voices how tacky they thought that was. And, and again, I'm selling to accountants. So I've got to make sure that I'm uh, tactful in that, that I'm not uh, selling to somebody who wants to buy a car. Um, but because of that, I was, 
you know, I, I just basically made up my mind I was not going to be doing any cold calling. And so really it's working through through the network. And so that dovetails into how did I, how did I scale things? Um, and that really has come through, uh, you know, referral partnerships. And, and what I mean by that, you know, I've built some good relationships with the law firms in town and the insurance providers, the corporate real estate providers, um, you know, the, the CPA firms. And so a lot of the, you know, the new leads that I get to work on are either my past relationships move on to a different company. And so they kind of bring me in once they get there. Uh, or, I, you know, I get, I get an introduction through somebody who uh, is already at the seat at the table with the CFO, for example. So um, I'm not, you know, still not doing cold calls, nor will I. It's really coming more on a, a very warm basis. Um, this quarter, we've, we've broken into uh, six new emerging growth companies, all of which were uh, through one of those referral partners or a previous hiring manager at a different company who has moved on to a new place and, and knows, knows how I work, so wants to bring me there as well, which is nice. It's no secret that one of the most effective ways to scale your service business, or any business for that matter, is through word of mouth referrals. The trick is in building that network. Josh learned early on that establishing a strong referral network isn't necessarily about incentivizing referral partners with money, but more about forming a personal and professional relationship with them as people. People being the key word. I needed to find people who valued my past before Vaco as an accountant, as an acting CPA, uh, because I knew that if I could find those people who valued my background, I was not going to be viewed as uh, just another, you know, recruiter, if you will. And so I knew I had to, to it would take time to build uh, a relationship pool, if you will, of folks who said, oh, well, well, Josh really understands what we're doing. Um, so by working with Josh, I don't need to work with three other recruiters for a, a, the same position because uh, he's got a great handle on on what we need based on his role. And so I think part of my 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 niche focus was not um, was not based on you know size company or industry. It was based on finding people who valued the service that I brought that might be different from some of my competition. And I could tell that really in my initial conversations with people if if it was something of value to them as we were getting deeper in the conversation. If if my experience and expertise before coming to Vaco was going to be something that they felt set me apart. Um, if it wasn't, it wasn't as if I was going to focus any less on them, but I knew I had more of an uphill battle because a lot of those people maybe had a previous relationship that they've worked with for the past 10 years. So me breaking into that customer is going to be a lot more difficult than someone who says, oh, you know, the only recruiters I've ever worked with, you know, come across more salespeople. So you've got a really interesting background. Tell me about your pivot and your transition. Uh, so it was more about identifying the right people to work with rather than the right uh, customers and clients to work with. One of the major points Josh gets across to his team, who also happen to be accountants turned recruiters, is to be able to articulately communicate the value of working with Vaco, which remember, is as much about being helpful personally as it is placing new hires. He makes sure they can clearly articulate their team's unique value, no matter if they are client facing or not. Anything could be an opportunity for business development. Ultimately, I try to tell our team, you know, you guys are uh, business people 
who just happen to be doing recruiting. So think as a business person, don't think as a recruiter when you're talking to somebody. Just always, always keep your ears out for how you can be helping that person make their job easier. And that's that doesn't have to be just by placing people with them. That could be just introducing them to somebody that you know um, could be helpful to them if they're going through you know business challenges. And so. Um, that has been something that you know, as, as I'm as I'm hiring and training and um, making sure that that the others play the game the same way. It's it's really broadening uh, broadening the horizon. You know, one of my biggest issues or, or uh, faults, if you will, in my first two months was uh, I'd get meetings with people and then I would be so focused on my exact role at Vaco that I think I, I left a lot of opportunities on the table uh, because I was so siloed in my pitch. It was. You know, I, I am in our consulting practice and um, client facing on that. And meanwhile, I'm sitting across the table from a CFO who, who wishes that he or she could tell me that uh, they want to find a new job, but I, I didn't really let them tell me that. And so uh, now, uh, kind of almost five years into this, it's, it's very much a, a listen, ask questions, let them do the talking. I can play off that in a number of different directions. Incentivizing team members to grow the business is an art form. While competitions are often a great incentive for competitive teams, it can also distract from serving existing clients. Vaco does have annual competitions to drive in more business, but it's more important to Josh to bake business development into the culture of his team so that they don't lose sight of delivering top service to their existing customers. In every service-based business and in most business in general, you've got, you've got hunters and you've got farmers. And so ultimately, um, without, without farming... Uh, appropriately, um, you know, you're going to lose that client. And, and you know, as well as I do, that it is much more difficult to find a new client than it is to keep a current client happy. And so uh, back to metrics, I mean, we're always looking at our, our fill percentages and our ratios. You know, if we get, if we get 10 searches, we, we damn sure better be filling seven of those um, because ultimately those are the people that are calling us and, and giving us the business now. Uh, we also like to look at um, how many you know, meetings uh, per month our, our sales team is having and looking at making sure that there's a healthy mix between you know, old relationships that are current client base uh, as well as you know, trying to pipeline uh, for new companies. And so um, I will tell you that the, the bonus that's tied to that the new client game is not so significant that someone would want to um, just totally blow their current book of business mm -hmm. to go for it. So it's within reason. It's more, it's more competitive in a fun way than it is uh, probably going to change people's uh, behaviors. But, uh, but it is something. Um, but no, we're looking at, uh, looking at making sure that our existing client base is getting serviced. A huge part of scaling a service business is leveraging technology within your firm. Technology helps you automate repetitive tasks or enhance your service with high-margin complementary products. Something I would consider a repetitive and essential task is organizing client and prospect information. CRMs are a part of every organization, but teams often don't fully buy into them as a solution. Leveraging technology like Vaco CRM, Bullhorn, is a particular factor that Josh claims as responsible for much of his success something that I look at as a requirement versus, um, you know, versus, uh, just a suggestion is the use of our CRM tool. Um, we've got a, 
a robust CRM tool that uh, houses all of our client relationships as well as our candidate relationships. And the, the way that we use that system effectively, uh, in my opinion, can really set people apart from being, you know, a B player to an A player. And I, I look at kind of where I am within the company and I, and I tell people this and they, they laugh because they think I'm joking. And then I've got to really say, no, I'm serious. Uh, I probably haircut, you know, the gross margin I'm able to bring to Vaco by 35 to 40% if I didn't use our tool as effectively as I did, just because it really tells me who I need to reach out to, uh, what day and, and what week and what month and who I need to be thinking about, and um, what relationships I need to touch next and, and kind of keeping in line with that slow drip to make sure that I'm in front of these people. Not all the time I'm going to be able to meet with them personally every couple of months, but how do I just stay in front of them? And so, uh, using the CRM tool is something that, um, that not every person in our company uses as effectively as they should. And uh, those are the folks who don't do as well as I think they should be doing. And so I, I truly believe there's a direct correlation into embracing systems. And so in any sales environment, uh, I think it's important that whoever is responsible for, uh, for managing and leading those new salespeople, they've got to be stewards of the system because ultimately the tone at the top has to be set so that... Uh, you know, you will use the system because, you know, everyone before you has done that. And I think if that, if that tone at the top is not there, then, you know, a new salesperson to an organization looks at that as, okay, well, I could do this if I want to be really good, but I don't think I need it to be good. And that's really the message that I'm trying to change is that you have to do this to be good and you have to do this to play on the team. Adhering to systems in a fast moving environment like Josh's growing team is not for everyone. And it's not easy to transform tech-averse people from Luddites to techies. If technology is core to your team, and it should be, maintaining that efficiency starts with the hiring process. And so that's something that I'm stressing during the interview process as a non-negotiable mm. and making sure that, that we're hiring people who embrace change, embrace technology, embrace using systems. I know administrative work is not fun. Uh, it's not talking to individuals, which is why people get into the recruiting business. Ultimately, you've got to talk to a lot less people and you've got to uh, work a lot less hard to meet new friends if you do right by the people that are currently talking to you. So making sure that you're nurturing those relationships is of utmost importance in building that referral network. I certainly don't need to sit here on this microphone and tell you that it's difficult to scale a service business. It takes time. For Josh, truly understanding that growing the business takes time helps inform his strategy. At Malarty, we're all about metrics, obviously. But choosing the right metrics is not easy. Recognizing a long game and aligning performance indicators that measure your team's effectiveness without becoming short-sighted is definitely an art form, and one Josh is continuously focused on with his own team. Everything that we do is is focused on focused on relationships in the long game. Um, anybody who is in a sales environment focused on short term is uh, is is doing it backwards. And so I, I stress um, as I'm talking to other other managers in, in our industry, I stress to them that. Um, you know, you really got to be careful, focused on, you know, metrics, metrics, metrics from day one, um, because you've got to be, um, you've got to be sensitive to the fact that that might not 
uh, incentivize the right behaviors and and build the right foundation that's really going to be the the long-term success. Uh, So it's almost a walk before you run, uh, go about things in the first couple of years as tactfully as you can, because, um, you know, if you're here two years from now, then they know you're going to be here uh, in all likelihood. And then that's your time where, you know, you've got some credibility on your side as well. And that is it for this week's episode. I know it was short, but we do have to walk before we run. If you enjoyed it, head on over to iTunes and give us a positive rating so that other listeners like you can find us. It's a huge help. Uh, Special thanks to Josh Heyman at Vaco for lending us his time. You can follow along with what Josh and the rest of the team at Vaco are doing at Vaco.com. That's V-A-C-O.com. I am Sean Steigerwald, co-founder at Malartu.co. You can find our blog post featuring this episode at malartu.co backslash blog.